nothing, nothing that is impossible to him. Praise God. If we can learn how to believe and, and stabilize that in our lives, I'm telling you something, good things will begin to happen for you and for your family. And amen, this can be a day that and you can just go back to, you know, in years coming, and you can say, hey, listen, I remember that. I remember that when I let that door open and Jesus came in. He actually came in and supped with me, praise God. And I got to learn some things about him. <clears throat> And I'm telling you something, that is just awesome in Jesus' name. Praise God. I have people all the time that ask me, well, not all the time, but a lot, often, they ask me, well, why do you people, we come to your services and it just kind of, it's just so enthusiastic and just, you know, this and that and that type of thing. And I, you know, again, I, 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 I don't pretend to, you know, to be the author or the finisher of it, but most of what, we're, what we do here, praise God, other than personality, because there are personalities that are involved in worshiping and praising God. There just is. Amen. And I'm not here to debate what personality is better and that type of thing, but most of what we do here is because of Scripture, the Bible gives us the mandate on what we should do. Let me give you a for instance, praise God. And you can be seated, you can be seated. The Bible says, in, for instance, in Psalms 150, and I know most of you know this one, that's why I picked it. But Psalms 150, it just simply says, praise ye the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. It says, praise God in his sanctuary. Look at around, and this is what this is. This is what we've created here, amen, with the help of God. Now, we don't worship the building, but this is a sanctuary, so we praise Him here. Praise God. Then it says, praise Him in the firmament, firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Now, if you need incentive, all you need to do is pull this, this, this one out. Praise God. Because this doesn't have anything to do with what you did this week. This doesn't have anything to do with how you feel right now. This has to do with who he is. And so this is where I've learned, you know, years ago, praise God, that I can come in even if I've had a terrible week, even if I've had something go wrong, praise God. I can praise him because, first of all, I'm in the, in the sanctuary, and I can always praise him for what he does. He does mighty acts in Jesus' name. He's still a healer, praise God. I don't know if you realize that or not, but he still heals people. He still touches people. He still delivers people. And you know, best of all, he still saves people. Come on, and that's what he's doing. That's been, he's been doing that all week, by the way. Amen. And you know something? He isn't tired. He's not telling me to turn it down. In fact, he encourages me to turn it back up. Praise God. Amen. And so again, this is not so much the personality of who God is. And then it gives us instructions. It says, you know, any instrument can be used for God. It says in verse 3, praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Stringed instruments. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. You can play drums and you can dance before the Lord. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the, the loud cymbal. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. But look at verse number 6. Come on, this just kind of culminates it all. Because, you know, the list could go on and on and on. We could spend the whole day just making a list, couldn't we? Well, the psalmist just says, hey, why don't we just stop here and we'll just combine everything all together, okay? Amen. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Let's do that right now. Come on, you can clap your hands. Thank you, Jesus. And yes, he is an awesome God. Amen. Now, this isn't all we do here in just a few minutes. We're going to get to the word. We're going to listen to God's word. But nevertheless, praise God. I'm going to tell you something. God is worthy of our praises. He is. This is not some fashion or some, you know, fad or that type of thing. That's why I'm saying personality will enter into it. There are some people that are just a little more exuberant than others. That's not a comparison. That's just the way it is. We call them type A personalities, right? 
you know, and so you got to understand something here. God makes room for the personality. So the instruction is across the board. Just give God praise. Amen. Just give him praise in Jesus' name. And one of the things that will help our praise from time to time is to realize what God has done. Realize what he has done. Amen. Let me give you a, for instance, again, in Scripture, Psalms 105, 105, Psalm. The Bible says, oh, give thanks. Everybody say thanks. thanks. Amen. Now, I believe thanksgiving can be incorporated with praise, but I believe thanksgiving can be by itself, too. We can give God thanks without clapping our hands or lifting our voices. But I think the two can go hand in hand sometimes. And I believe there's a couple of you in here in this place right now that you just need to realize what God has done for you. Oh, come on. I mean, he has been so good to us. Praise God. And sometimes, you know, we can just, we can pop that balloon in a hurry when we just focus on one or two things that have gone wrong. Amen. And again, I'm not here to make people do things. I'm telling you, the Bible simply teaches us that if we draw nigh unto God, or if we come close to God, what's going to happen? What's the promise? He will. Come on, he'll draw nigh unto us. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. That's the remedy for everybody in this place, by the way. We need God to come close. We, need, we don't need a long-distance relationship with God. We need a close relationship. And so the Scripture gives us absolute mandates. It gives us instruction. It tells us how we can do this. And whether or not we understand it or not is beside the point. We just know that God likes it. Amen. As I study the scripture, that's something I'm always interested in. What does God like? What does he want from me? Well, the scripture says there, to give thanks unto the Lord and call upon his name and make known his deeds among the people. Praise God. Hey, has anybody here ever received a healing from God? Let me see your hand. Yeah, come on, look at around you right now. Come on, God can do that kind of thing. How many here received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Come on, that's a precious gift that God has given to... Come on, we got enough to get started here, don't we? Come on, he's done so many things for us, praise God. And so the Bible says, let those deeds be known. Let people know what God is doing. Now that doesn't mean that we get the right to brag. It just means that, praise God, that we are happy that we're serving God. That whether the day goes the way I planned it or the day just has some shifts in it, it doesn't make any difference in Jesus' name. Last night, I usually do a little checking around the house. Uh, myself, I just have, have developed a habit of doing that. I go into the basement basement, which, you know, is empty, you know, so nobody lives down there. So I just figured I better go down there and just make sure that all the bugs and everything like that are doing okay, right? No, I just check the doors and that type of thing. And then I go out to my garage. And this was about 11 o'clock last night. And so I looked out at my garage did it, uh, last night. I turned on the light and I um, got looking at our vehicles and I almost closed the door and I thought, man, there's something wrong there. And so I opened the door again and there it was. Right in front, well, not in front of me, but right over to the side. I noticed that my Jeep was leaning kind of to one side. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that looks like that's a flat tire. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. I haven't changed a tire in 20 years. <laughs> I haven't. I just take it to the garage and let them rotate it and make sure everything's okay and that type of thing. But I knew I'd get up early this morning and get down here and pray for you folks. And so my wife says, why don't you do it in the morning or just come with me and that type of thing. And I said, no, no, I'll go ahead and do it now. And you know something, last night I got the jack out and it was the easiest tire change I've ever done in my life. I'm serious. My goodness, you know, you didn't have to have a, a PhD, you know, degree to get the jack together. You didn't have to have a master's degree to find out where to put the jack. Everything was very simple. And so I just slid that jack underneath there and I just started cranking it. And, and you know, of course, it all come back to me. I used to change tires a lot, you know, when I, was, when I was younger and stuff like that. And so it all came back to me. And so I changed that tire last night and I took it off. And, and um, the reason it, I couldn't use it is because it was flat on one side. The rest of them were okay. It was just that one side that was flat. I couldn't get over it. But the bottom line is I took that tire off, put my other, the, the one on. I got it on here this morning. I'll take it to, the, to the, the place that fixes tires probably Monday morning, tomorrow morning, that type of thing. But you know what I found myself doing? You can call me nuts if you want. But I said, thank you, God, for giving me a flat tire in this garage. My goodness, that was a cement floor. I mean, it was, it was a good environment to change a tire. Now, God, 
one every 20 years is good enough for me. But nevertheless, folks, I'm telling you something. You can find something that God has done for you every day. Now listen to me. I'm not trying to tell you to conjure something up. If you'll just become observant, if you'll start looking around, if you'll start realizing, praise God, that God has done so much for you, I believe that God can begin to put a spirit of thanksgiving in your heart and I'm going to tell you something. Things will begin to change for you. You will become on. I'm telling you, this is what your medicine is right now. Somebody here needs to give God praise. And you praise God. Amen. And so this is what the scripture, again, I'm just giving you a couple of examples. This is what the Bible teaches us. Amen. It's not like we're a bunch of nuts and, and, and crazy people. It's just that we've come to a place where we realize not only who he is, but praise God, what he has done for us. Oh, the song that we sing is he's done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. Amen. He's taken my sins away. He has healed my body more than once. He has touched my mind. He has strengthened me when I needed strength. Come on, folks. I'm telling you right now, there's many of you right here today that you got the medicine that God wants to give you right now. This is the thing that will help you to be healed. This is the thing that will help you to get direction. This is the thing that will help you wherever you're at right now. It's just realizing who he is to give him praise and to give him glory in the name of Jesus. And you know, I know there's probably one out there and I'll just make mention of it. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Your feelings are like your personality. It doesn't make any difference what your personality is. It doesn't make any difference what your feelings is. Come on, you've got to start doing it because of who he is, because of what he has done, because of where he's brought us in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm telling you right now, he is an almighty, great God, and he's done so many things for us in Jesus' name. That's just what he does. And he doesn't do these things, folks, because of how good we are. Amen. He does them because of his love. Amen. That, un, you know, no strings attached, you know, much love that he has for us. Now, just because he does things for us doesn't mean that he condones our behavior. It just helps us to understand that, that one of the reasons that we can love God is because he first loved us. That's what he does. He extends his love to us. Amen. And it's not a get out of jail free card. It's just one of those things that God personally wants every person in this world to know. That he loves them. Scripture teaches us that he so loved the world, which is putting us all in the same lot. That he gave. That's another thing that God does. He gives without getting back. Amen. And so this is why if you really want to get into pleasing God and really getting further into the, what I call the revelatory dimension, start giving back to God. Start giving back to God. Amen. Now listen to me right away. I'll put a disclaimer there. You don't give to God because he needs it. Amen. You give to God because it opens up a channel for God to do much, much more for you. See, that's what God is looking for. His riches are, 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 I mean, there's no limit to them. God doesn't need a bank loan. He isn't sitting here worried about how the offering is going to go today. You see, God already owns it. Amen. But what he's looking for is he's looking for channels, people that he can flow it through to. Amen. And I'm going to tell you the people that he can do that with, and I've seen this over the years that I've served with God, are the givers. The people that will not only get from the Lord, and that is absolutely necessary, but people who will turn around and start blowing it back and start saying, God, maybe you don't need it, but this person over here does. Or maybe these people over here. I'm telling you folks, giving is another one of those things that will bring God close in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. In fact, I feel just... Uh, prompted of the Lord right now to pray a very simple prayer. Praise God in Jesus' name. And if you want to pray with me, that's your business, but I'm going to pray this prayer for, for somebody's in this place. Father, in the name of Jesus, there's absolutely something that is bound up in here. And I believe you've led me to that right here, right now.
that there's somebody here, praise God, either through fear, unbelief, maybe it's even lack of knowledge that they don't know how to give to you. And I'm praying that eyes will be opened here today. I'm praying, in fact, Lord God, that there is an, an extreme illumination in this place, that the spiritual eyes, the spiritual ears are being opened right now in the name of Jesus all across this congregation and wherever it goes online in the name of Jesus. And God, this is not a plea for money because you're the author and the finisher of it. But God, I want you to help somebody get the cure today. I want you to help somebody get healed in the name of Jesus to find real peace, to find real joy in their lives in the name of Jesus. And Father, I'm believing you right now in this simple prayer that you have opened up the eyes of the blind, not physically, but spiritually, in the name of Jesus, that people's eyes are open, that they can begin to see, praise God, that there is an almighty God. He's not in heaven, or not just in heaven, he's down here right now. He's amongst us. He has come into this place today. He has walked amongst us in the spiritual realm. And God, I'm believing you to change and to help each and every one of us, that none of us will ever be the same again because of what your spirit brings into the place in Jesus' name. Come on, can you just praise the Lord just one more time? Jesus. What a precious God you and I serve in Jesus' name. Amen. And so again, um, you know, folks can get all excited about a home run or a, or, a, or a basket being made or some football game that goes their way. My goodness, why can't people like you and I come into a place like this and give our all to the Lord in Jesus' name? Folks, that has always made sense to me. I'm not against folks that get exuberant out there. That's their business, praise God. It might even be their personality. But come on, folks, I don't think we need to put the brakes on when we come to church. In fact, I believe we need to get our foot off of that brake and we need to put it on the foot feet and we need to get this thing going in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm telling you, this is where God is wanting to take his church in these last days. He's wanting to help us to understand that their problems are going to be here. Challenges are going to be there, praise God. Listen, they're going to be here whether we like it or not. But God can help us in the Bible. He uses the term heavenly places that we can begin to see things from his perspective in the name of Jesus. And so God help you this morning, praise God. I believe the Lord is here, praise God, to do great things. I believe his angels are amongst us. I do, I believe that. I believe in ministering spirits that are sent forth for those that are heirs of salvation. I do. There's just no question in my mind that God is here and, and, and he has brought the host of heaven, praise God. And this isn't the only place. You know, the beauty about God is that he's om omnipresent. He can be everywhere at the same time. And so I appreciate that and I appreciate his goodness and his mercy and how he does things in Jesus' name, praise God. Because all of us, we need to realize that, amen, that God has got this thing. Amen. He's got everything in his hands in Jesus' name. And I still wonder and I, I, I have to search out what he allows sometimes. You know, and it's just simply, for no other reason, I wouldn't. I wouldn't allow that. Well, big deal. I'm not God. And neither are you. And I'm not trying to make little of it, folks. God appreciates our inquisitiveness, our questions, all of these things. The only thing that he asks us to do is come to him. Jesus said, come to me, all ye that are heavy laden and labor, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. And that's really what your soul needs. Your soul needs that kind of rest. Amen. And that's why there's too much pressure that's being put on it. In my opinion, in, in, in one of the things that I have observed and studied, is that the soul is the collection agent. It's what you collect everything in life in. And you can collect all kinds of stuff. Amen. And, um, and you can collect things from the flesh. You can actually collect things from the spiritual realm. And I believe the longer you live for God, and the more that you will add in the spiritual dimension, I'm talking about God's dimension, the more rest that your soul will have. Literally. 
You can, you, that will happen. It's just a byproduct of allowing God to filter in and put in things in your life, praise God, that, that, are, that are tremendous in Jesus' name. Look at the book of Hebrews. I want to show you something here that um, uh, I feel like the Lord wants to bring to our attention here today. I made reference to the fact of ministering spirits that are sent forth for those that are heirs of salvation. That is actually scripture and it's found in the first chapter of the book of Hebrews. But right after that 14th verse, you start the second chapter, which in my opinion, man put the divisions in here. A lot of scripture is designed to flow right from one to the other. And in my opinion, this is one of them. You know, after he talks about the ministering spirits, you know, and he talks about the things that go on in the angelic realm, then in verse number one of the second chapter of the book of Hebrews, he's carrying on the thought. And the reason I know that is because the old English word, therefore. You'll find that a lot in the old English Bibles. And it's a word that kind of hooks things together. You know? And so this is what it's doing. You know, because of what God has done. You know, the first chapter of the book of Hebrews tells us, gives us an absolute in your face view of who God is. It tells us that, you know, in, you know, that God in sundry times or in diverse manners appeared to people. You know, Moses, you know, found the voice of God in a burning bush. And then later on, you know, when he was serving God, you know, God came to him as a human being. Literally, you study it for yourself. I mean, they were angels, but I mean, I believe they probably looked human. And so you must understand, God in various ways in the Old Testament showed himself to people. Amen. But in these last days, he's centered on one illustration that everybody needs to get. And that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the invisible God visible. That's what he is. No, I've never seen Jesus physically, but I'm going to see him. One of these days, I'm going to see Jesus. I am going to see him face to face. But the bottom line is, I can read the Gospels and get a picture of Jesus. I can get a picture of who he is, how he did it, how he handled things. And listen to me, folks, that's who I want to be like. You can talk about all the heroes you want. I've got one major hero. His name is Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I hope that I'm stirring somebody up here, that that's the way you want to act. That's the way you want to pray. That's the way you want to be in the name of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that we can have that. No, I'm not talking about the fullness of Jesus. I'm talking about we can have the spirit of Jesus in us. Amen. And so this whole first chapter is dealing with the person, the express image of God. And then it says, look at verse number one of the second chapter of Hebrews. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. See, folks, one of the things that's happening in our world today is that we're hearing things, but we're forgetting them just like that. That we're allowing the negative things of this world to take away the things that God has shown us that he is doing and the powerful things. And I'm not here to blame anybody. I'm just here today to tell you, tell you that, that the reason I'm using this verse is that we need to do what it says. What, is it, what are we talking about here? The Bible says that we need to give more earnest heed. That's where you're at and where I'm at. Come on, you reading the Bible once or twice a week. I'm not saying that's bad. That's good. I'm glad you're doing it. But listen, I'm hoping you're finding out that ain't enough. That you're going to have to open up this word every day. That you're going to have to allow God to begin to saturate your mind with his word. Because his word is quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's divide, it, it, it can pierce into the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and the mire. That's how powerful God's word is. Amen. And every time you open this book up, every time you listen to it, whatever you do, praise God, you're giving God an opportunity to begin to show and re-show and emphasize the things that he's doing in this world in Jesus' name. Now, I'm telling you something right now. There is nothing like the Word of God. Now, I'm not going to tell you that this right here that I got before me is the absolute Word of God. No, it's an interpretation. Amen. And I'm not here to, to throw interpretations out the window. That means I've got to go deeper, praise God. I've got to go back sometimes to the original language and find out what is God really saying here. But listen to me, folks. People won't do that unless they have a spiritual hunger. 
Amen. And I hope somebody in this place today that whatever we're doing here is beginning to fan the flame a little bit. Come on, maybe, maybe God has disappointed you. Maybe God didn't do exactly what you wanted him to do one or two or three times. But I'm here to tell you, come on, God is great. He's got everything in hand. And you need to, and I need to plan to fan that flame and say, God, I'm going to come back. I'm going to lift up my hands in faith. I'm going to believe you in the name of Jesus. I'm going to quit inserting my will in where your will needs to be in the name of Jesus. Come on, folks. I'm telling you right now, there is a spirit of revelation in this place right now. Goodness. My goodness, he is here in a powerful way. But you must understand, one of the things about the economy of God here is that he will not violate the free will. He will not. You're going to have to make it your idea too. And that's one of the reasons why, praise God, if we'll praise him, if we'll give him thanks, if we'll remember what he has done for us on a regular basis, these are the things that will draw us close to God. And then we can begin to see the things that are important. Amen. One of the things that is an absolute, absolute necessity for everybody's life is something called a priority. You and I can't accomplish everything in life. We're not going to do it. I don't care who you think you are, how many vitamins you take, how long you run in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm telling you right now, praise God, that you and I, we get wore out, but God doesn't. And so what we have to learn to do, and it's a learned thing, is we have to learn to prioritize things. I thank God for you coming to church today. I hope that you will make this not a one and done. I hope that you will begin to prioritize what we're doing here. And not that we're going to start worshiping what we do. It's because we understand if we're going to accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish, we've got to do what he wants us to do. And that's where it is all at, my friends. I don't care if, if, if there's a disease, it doesn't make any difference what kind of challenges we're going to have. And I'm not here to belittle any of that. Amen. I was telling a group of our folks this morning, you know, this, this, this era, this time that we're living in right now reminds me an awful lot of, of, of 9-11. It really does. And I'm not saying in what happened in specifics. I'm just saying the spirit of it reminds me of that. That when that hit, I'll never forget. Most people will never forget where they were at when that happened. And the thing of it is, folks, you know, we, uh, after a while, we wanted everything to go back to the way it was. That's what we wanted. And I feel that and incense that cry amongst a lot of people today. That we just want this thing to be gone. We want to go back to where we were at. And listen to me, I'm not a prophet of doom, but I'm going to tell you it's like 9-11. Our traveling took a big change that security became a priority now that we couldn't just let anybody and everybody on and I'm not here to be the judge I'm just saying you study it for yourself since that the you know though that in 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 the in you know in the early 2000s our world has never been the same and I'm gonna tell you I feel similarities here with this and I'm not saying that, you know, everybody's going to die and this is it, this is the end times and stuff like that. No, I think we're at another one of those crossroads where our life will not be the same. And listen to me, folks, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's the way it is. But you've got to understand, there are things about God that don't change. Amen. You know, I've I got to get this script, these scriptures out first and then I've got, I got a really, I want to, I got a thought for you to consider. The scripture says we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now that's human, folks. That's human. That's not demonic activity. That's human nature. And so you and I, there's times when we got to start taking this a little more serious than we did. And I believe during this pandemic, that's one of the... the the goals or the pursuits or the purposes of God is again to allow things to happen and he's got the, he's, he's got the full panoramic view, folks. I don't. 
But the bottom line is, he's trying to help us to understand there are certain things in your life that, can you see how temporary they are? Can you not see how they come and they go? Can you not see how easily things can change within a couple of days? But then God will, 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 will talk back to us in a loving way and say, but that's not me. I don't change. I don't come and go. See, that's the big difference between Jesus and any program you have is that your programs will come and go, but Jesus comes and stays. That's what he's doing. And so if we'll give more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, we're not going to let them slip out of our hand again. It won't be another month or two before you come back to church. You won't, you know, you won't only just pray when things really get bad. You won't just read your Bible when you're trying to find you know, uh, the stuff in it you like that it'll become a priority for you. And God can begin to take you down deeper. God can take you up higher. God can take you wider. God can take you all kinds of places. That's what God is doing in this place right now. Come on, can you just lift up your hands? Maybe close your eyes if it'll help. But close your eyes and ask God to give you some understanding of that right now. Come on. I want to live the way he wants me to live. I want to give until there's just no more to give. I want to love, love like, oh, just no more love. Because I could never, never out love the Lord. Come on, let's sing that again. I want to live the way he wants me to live. I want to give until there's just no more to give. I want to love, love, just no more love. Cause I could never, never out love the Lord. Now let me show you something here, folks. There's a tremendous, there's, Probably in the last 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, I don't know, there has been some tremendous doors that have been open. And I could not do that. I once saw an illustration of Jesus in the third chapter of the book of um, Revelation, and the illustration was Jesus as a man standing before a door and knocking. And it took me a while, but uh, after a second or third or maybe four times, I looked at the picture, I noticed something different about that door. And the bottom line was the door didn't have any outside handle. The door had to be open from the inside. And this is what, what, what's literally, folks, you can call this coincidence or, oh, you know, you're just trying to hype all these folks up. No, I'm not. You know, but this is literally what has happened. Some of you have opened the door. And Jesus didn't sit there going, well, it's about time. No, Jesus walked right in. And now you can sense that things can get taken care of. Now, you can, just with his presence, folks, you sense that there's hope. Just with his presence, you sense, praise God, that looked pretty hard, but now I think we can get this done. See, that's what the presence of the Lord will do. Amen. And that's why the baptism of the Holy Ghost is so important. It's because you don't have to come to a building. You don't have to come to a place like this to, to sense that. That goes with you. Now, that doesn't take away with what we do here. It accents it. It makes it even more alive. That's why the Bible says where there are two or three gathered in my name. 
Come on, folks, I'm telling you something. Everything is addition in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so this is what it is. Because now the, the writer explains why we should give more earnest heed to these things. Because he says, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast. I'm telling you something, folks. I don't worship angels. I thank God for them. They are ministering spirits. Praise God. But if the word spoken by those good angels and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? Now think about this. If, and the word if is always conditional. If we neglect, it says ignore, make light of. That's what that word means. The word neglect there means to ignore or to make light of. Now can you begin to see yourself in the mirror? Come on, so can I. There's times when I have made light of the things of God. And God said, no, I don't need you to make it light. I need you to make it more heavy. I need you to make, make it more of a priority. And you can understand what the Lord is doing in this place right now. In Jesus' name. Tremendous ministry that is going on in this place right now. It is just absolutely tremendous. It never ceases to amaze me. Amen. Praise God. If I'll get out of the way, if I'll just do what He tells me to do, if I'll just work as, as a flowing river and just let Him flow out of me, the things that God can accomplish in minutes and seconds, you know, it's just amazing to me in Jesus' name. And by the way, just so you know, you, it wasn't an accident for you to be here today. This wasn't some, got a book off my shelf and said, well, what, what message should I get today? No, this is one that God handpicked for you. This is one that's coming from the, you know, from the soulish dimension and it's designed to fill your soul with stuff that will help you to rest in Jesus' name. And so this is God. This is what He does. He is so efficient, folks. He's so perfect. He's so good. I mean, I, I run out of adjectives. That's why I love to speak in other tongues because I don't even know what I'm saying sometimes, but I know some of those words are probably better than the ones I could come up with. In the name of Jesus. No, I don't worship tongues, but man, I use them all the time in Jesus' name. I am so glad that God gives me abilities via His Spirit, praise God. And if you're here today and you've never received the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I'm not here to shove it down your throat. I'm not here to say you better or else. I'm just saying you need to study it out because it's part of your and my salvation. That God said in the Old Testament, He wasn't going to do this stuff through my might or through my abilities or through anything that I could do. He said it's going to be His Spirit that's going to bring this thing to play, to play, praise God. And that's what we're sensing in this place right now is the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Oh yeah, He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance unto the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the, the acceptable year of the Lord. Praise God. That's the Spirit that does that. You can't come up with this kind of message. Either can I. It has to be the Spirit that authors it. And that's why I seek Him. I seek Him, praise God. And that's why it's telling us, praise God, if all these things happened, and they did, even historically you can't disprove these things. I have a book in my library. I, I've forgotten where it's at right now, but years ago I got it. It's a historical book. It was by a man named Josephus. Josephus was a Roman historian. He was not a Christian. He did not believe in God, but he wrote about Jesus Christ from a historical standpoint. And so there are things that has happened in this world that, praise God, whether you believe them or not, they are going to stand up at that white throne judgment and they are going to be judges. Amen. And that's not some threat. That is absolutely an invitation. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Make it a priority today. Make some kind of a commitment. Say it. Don't just think about it. Don't just sit there and nod your head like some Madigan. Why don't you begin to make some kind of a commitment here right now? Say in the name of Jesus, this next week it's going to be different. I'm getting that Bible off the shelf. I'm going to start making that a priority. I'm going to start reading it. I'm going to start studying it. I'm going to start coming to God for all my answers in the name of Jesus. That's the kind of commitment. If you'll make that, I'm telling you something by Wednesday, you you will see a difference. You will see a difference in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I mean, there's times in the Bible where, I don't know, if God just gets, you know, he's tired. Uh, no, God doesn't get tired, but sometimes he just, oh, I'm going to bring something new. He's proved me. 
Prove me. Go ahead, take your best shot. See what I can do. And God's not puffing his stomach out or his, his you know, he's not doing that. He's just saying, come on, whatever it takes. There was a man that followed Jesus around for, for three and a half years. Saw him do all kinds of great, powerful stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, got down to the wire where he, you know, he saw him on the cross, man. He saw him die. And he's doubting. You know, that's where we go sometimes. And it's not something that we want to spend a lot of time with. But it's not something that we can deny. And I don't know where he went. He should have been in service that night. He should have been with the rest of them. But he wasn't. And Jesus pulled in, decided to give, him, give those guys a ringside seat of who he was. See this voice? This is called a glorified body. See this voice? Death couldn't hold me down. Yeah. Well, man, how would you like to have a service with Jesus in it? Yeah, I would too. Man, and old Tom, man, he wasn't there. Oh, but he come back, and boy, the boys were still excited. Man, you should have been in service tonight, man. Carlos got the Holy Ghost. Man, you should have been in service this night, praise God. So-and-so got healed in Jesus' name. Come on, folks, it ain't any different today. It ain't any different today. You can say it is, but it is not in Jesus' name. But Tom comes back, and he says, what's going on, boy? Oh, he was here. He was here. And I understand how sometimes jealousy and envy gets into the picture, and we need to just say, rebuke that in Jesus' name. I can't tell you for sure it was that. But finally, it just come out of his mouth. He said, you know, I don't believe you guys. You know, in fact, I'm going to tell you something. I need a little more proof than that. I need to stick my fingers in where those holes are. Well, you know something? God could have just slapped him alongside the head and said, who do you think you are? But you know, you and I serve a loving God. We serve a God that if we'll commit to Him, He'll commit 100% to us. In Jesus' name. And to His credit, Tom's credit, He was at the next service, praise God. And guess what? Jesus showed up in the name of Jesus. And you know, Jesus didn't walk over to Tom and give him a whole big, big sermon on how bad he was. He just walked over and said, come on, Tom, is this what you need? I come here to fulfill every need in the name of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that's the Jesus that's in this place right now whatever you need come on you struggling with your finances go ahead and give to God prove him prove him and see what he'll do come on you having a hard time believing for healing come on give it to him prove him I'm telling you right now friends that our God is a awesome God he can do anything and it's services like this that just give me that give it back to me I want to live the way he wants me to live. I want to give until there's just no more. I got to get this next part right. I want to love, love till there's just no. I got it right the third time. Because I could never, never out love the Lord. Listen, folks, that was written on my iPad. I should have remembered that. But my goodness, that's just how it works. We got to continually, got to continually rebuild the things of God in our lives. That's what God wants to do. Amen. Amen. He makes promises he will keep. You want God, and I want God sometimes to make promises that he just ain't going to do. And that's why we need to make him a priority, so that we can find out what his promises really are in Jesus' name. Praise God. I, I, I'm going to have to hold off on that one until tonight, but I'm going to tell you something. I, I, my wife and I were talking the other day, and, and a lot of our lives, we have these Hollywood versions and I'm going to tell you one of the Hollywood versions is is that we want the three P's we want to be pain free we want to be pressure free and we want to be problem free that's the promise we want God to make us that he will not make he doesn't promise you that. He just promises you that he'll be there with you. That between his help and your willingness to accept his help, 
You can overcome these things. That's what it's called. One of the major themes of the New Testament, my friend, is a word called overcome. That we are now more than conquerors through Christ who lives in us. That's why you don't need pain-free, pressure-free, problem-free. I wrote this down last night. I thought it was kind of cool. The first word I wrote was plan, because I want to go with peas, all right? So everybody will remember this. And you know something? The word plan is not even in the Bible. So I scrapped that one. Here I am, a Bible preacher. This guy's preaching something that ain't even in the Bible. So I replaced the word with plan with purpose. And it really is the same thing. There's an intention that God has that will help us to live above pain, pressure, and problems. There is a purpose. Find out what that purpose is. Let me give you just one real brief one. The purpose of Jesus coming into this world, and not the only one, but one of the major ones, was to destroy the works of the devil. Read it for yourself. First John, chapter number 3. And I think it's around verses, um, I wrote them down, 15 through 21. Study it for yourself. That's the purpose of Jesus, is to come down here and get rid of the one that's really blinding people. And I want you to know right now, he's done that. That's why you and I can live not free, but we can live above pain, pressure, and problems. That doesn't mean we don't have them. It just means that we, now we've got an antidote. And it's because now we have a higher purpose. Now things should matter more to us in the kingdom of God. Amen. Another one that we need, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, a P word. We need power. And remember what I talked about? How the power in, in, the, in the New Testament is, in the Greek is, is you can divide it between two words. One is dunamis, where we get our, our, um, our dynamite from, which is, is ability. I think we're going to have to blast. My wife always says that. When she sees me heading outside, you know, and I've got to fix something. <laughs> That's why she didn't come... She, not that she don't love me, but she didn't stay around to help me with that tire. She went to bed. Yeah. I thought somebody would be on my side here. No. But the problem, I mean, the big deal, that wasn't her problem. It's like mowing the lawn. Lawnmower's broke. That's your problem. That's what she says. Yeah. I need a new weed whacker. That's your problem. Oh, it also runs into the winter, so you know this. Need a new snow shovel. That's your problem. Her problem-solving skills end at the front door. I'm glad God goes with me. I'm glad He does. But folks, we need power. Come on, we don't want the three Ps to be free. We want to be overcomers of those three Ps. And if you want to be an overcomer of pain, pressure, and problems, come on, get a purpose that's living for God. And you'll begin to see that there's a reason why there's these problems. There's a reason why there's this pressure. Remember what Jesus said in the, in, in the 16th chapter, John? Be of good cheer. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. The word tribulation there in the Greek could be replaced with the word pressure. He said it. He didn't, he, he didn't say you weren't going to have it. He didn't promise you you'd never have it. He just said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And that's what Jesus has done and what he puts in us. So what you have is you have a purpose that begins to become aligned with God's. And it doesn't mean that you're never going to have pain, you're never going to have pressure, or you're never going to have problems. It just means now you can overcome them. Right. Hallelujah. And then with that, with that purpose, amen, you begin to get power. Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you. And you shall be witnesses, which is the, one of the major purposes for you and I to be staying here. Amen. 
And so dunamis or, or excelsis, these are, these are powers that God gives us, abilities and authority. That's what God gives us. And that's what you need with these other threes, these three Ps. You need authority over pain. You need authority over pressure. You need authority over problems. And you need to stick with it until they go. In Jesus' name. And then the last one, praise God. And I'm going to quit here. Praise God. But we need God's promises. I'm talking about His real promises. Not the ones that I've come up with that I think God should do. Come on, folks. Well, I want to come up with the promises that I know that God will keep in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, folks, I don't have right time right now, but you know, maybe in a future date, I'll start, I'll start helping you to understand what those promises are. Tonight, if God keeps giving me the green light, man, this is like the discipleship class today. I'm serious. I haven't had to stop anywhere. Praise God. But I'm going to talk about things that can't be shaken. Can't be shaken. And it's because God has established them in Jesus' name. And so I don't know where you're at here today. John, I see you out there. I did recognize you. It's so good. You're going to get the real deal here, aren't you? Going to get baptized in Jesus' name? Amen. Let's do it. Sooner the better. I'm telling you, the sooner the better. Jesus' name. Praise God. Um, we did kind of a little something of that in the hospital, but you and I both know, and you made the promise. You said if he gets it, you're out of the hospital. Sounds like to me like God's keeping his promises, isn't he? And so let's get it done. We'll talk about that later. I'm putting him on the spot. He's going, well, I'm going to that church anymore. He's going to put me on the spot. No, well, I, you know, I like John. Amen. He's got a simple name. John Hunt. Amen. I like that. I like that in Jesus' name. Where was I? Oh, okay. So, purposes, power, and promises. That's where we want to go. Because that's what God promised us He would do for us. Amen. He said, if you would seek me, you would find. You would knock it would be open. If you would ask, I'll answer. Come on, these are things that Jesus said He would do. And so you and I must understand that that's what He is doing right now. And so, who wants to live the way God wants them to live? Why don't you stand right now? Come on, let's take a few minutes. It's not even 20 after 11. Let's take about five minutes right now and let's respond to God's Word. Can we do that? Come on, and I'm not asking you to yell and run around the place. I'm just saying, open up your heart a little bit wider. Come on, let's see what else God could do. Let's see what else God could add to the repertoire. Praise God. I believe he's got some great things for you and I. Amen. And I believe that he wants to help us right here today, right here in this place in the name of Jesus. 